Hello, friends, and welcome to Stories from the Tool Shed. My name's Stephen. And my name's Tim. And we're excited to journey with you through the Spiritual Authority Cohort. Let's get it! Well, welcome, everybody, to another episode of Stories from the Tool Shed. Man, six months into the journey, lots of amazing teaching, lots of amazing tools, and I am really excited. We have uh, four special guests with us today um, who all helped present um, and provide practical testimonies throughout each of the cohorts all across the country, and we're excited to get them all on one call together so that we can continue to learn uh, and hear amazing stories about what this tool has done in their life and how they have seen it shape cities, shape persons and people and neighbors, all in their communities and contexts, both here and abroad. So we're really excited to have guests today. Stephen, do you want to get us into it right away and, and introduce us to our first guest? Yeah, totally. So we have four uh, locals, if I could say, from California. You know, we've gone from Australia to other places, but we're going to stick in California on this session of reclaiming territory. Um, so if you remember from priestly prayer, we've found our identity and now we've moved outward in a position of authority as priest in the land that God has called us into. And so these are practitioners all at different levels. Um, I would say even local practice and international practice. So it's going to be a really good discussion on reclaiming territory. Hey, as we get started, um, I want to introduce to you a good friend, um, Megan from San Jose. Um, she's going to share some of her local experience of walking in reclaiming territory. And really simply, we just asked her, hey, what's your favorite prayer walking impact over time? And then kind of to that, what's been your favorite event that's happened while prayer walking? And so I want to turn it over to Megan right now. I want you to hear her story as someone that practices this in her day-to-day life. And uh, I'm excited that she's on this with us. So, Megan, hey, welcome to the podcast. Thank you guys so much. It really is um, quite a humbling honor to um, just be with all of you. Uh, yeah, so thanks, Megan. For uh, I am in the Silicon Valley, and I've been prayer running. I'm a runner, so I've been prayer running my area for about the last two and a half years. And um, the area that we found is a, we've now learned is a regional stronghold. And so that was through, um, over time, God was revealing that. And what's been really fun to see over the last few years, um, I will personally say one of the most gratifying things for me is just my own growth and my relationship with the Lord and the intimacy that's come with the prayer running. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's just really taught me how to hear his voice in a way that I don't know I would have learned as well in in just my one-on-one prayer time at home. And then over the last few years, with the regional stronghold, that's that's not going to, unless God decides, come down quickly. And so mm-hmm. um, it's been, I would say, five days a week of covering the land. And over time, what he's done is areas that were really dark, uh, businesses that were not clearly not the kingdom of God, massage parlors that you just knew things were not going on that were the kingdom of God, um, 
those businesses are now like they're in the midst right now of moving. So this whole area that's got three different businesses now is saying moving and for lease. And so that is so exciting. I don't know the fruit of what God's going to do there, but you know that that is our father. And there's like these Mm -hmm. three areas of businesses that they're moving. They've closed their doors. I don't know what God's going to do there, but you know, that's him. And Mm -hmm. so that is one of the most Mm -hmm. exciting things to see over time is um, it's that validation of, yes, God has called us to this. And yes, being priests in the priesthood and applying the blood of Jesus, he's rewarding that and he's doing something. So that's been, um, it is still every day when I go out there, my eyes are looking to see, okay, what are you going to show me today, Lord? Like, what are you doing? Uh, And there's always a sense of awe because it's so big, right? You know, it's not us. Um, But there's a sense of awe of our father is moving and he wants us to partner and he's doing something. So um, Mm -hmm. I'd say that that has been the most exciting thing that even though it's two and a half years and looking back, that could seem like, wow, that is a long time to (laughs) keep at it. I will say every day I come home from these things and I am excited about something that he will have revealed during that time. I love it. If you're not being ministered to by the birds behind you, Megan, I'm just I'm just listening. I'm like, God is like saying something in creation, right? Like, it's amazing. But, you know, and I'm thinking on, on my experience level, like, I think, Megan, you have more experience in, in prayer walking, but you just set another bar, like prayer running. So could you just, could you talk about what does that mean for you? How do you do that? Uh, it's, I will tell you, it was God's idea. <laughs> so yeah. I was I was running. And for all those who think that is the worst idea ever, I have not a lifetime runner. So I encourage anyone who says I'm not a runner, maybe you are. Um, and he, I had started doing running because it was efficient to exercise when you have a lot, a lot to do and kids. And one day God said, hey, what if you prayed? And um, that quickly became what is so fun about these things. I, really, to me, it's it's a selfish thing. It feels selfish because I get so much out of it from the Lord. He would guide my steps. So he would tell me where to run. And that became how I really was able to fine-tune how I heard him. Because I would mm-hmm. just get these senses of, go left here. Go right here. And I was like, wait, Lord, do you want me to go? And he consistently, even today don't worry about it. I'm going to tell you when you get there. Meaning like when you get to that corner, I'm going to let you know where to go. And it would be things like all of a sudden the stoplight would turn red. And I was like, okay, you're telling me to go right. And then I would kind of get a pull like, Ooh, should I go left here? And I wouldn't know. And then there would be somebody who would honestly feel unsafe or a dog Mm. would jump out. I'm like, okay, you're telling me to go left here. (laughs) And so that was like a really fun way for me to learn. No, he's literally directing my steps. And so what has been so special about this is I, I didn't know there was a stronghold. I didn't even know the word stronghold, honestly, when I started just running and praying over my city. And as I look back now, I can see the strategic direction that the Lord was taking me in. I wasn't allowed near the stronghold at the beginning. I I can honestly say, (laughs) I laugh now, I ran 2,000 miles 
this isn't a brag moment. This is an Ezekiel moment of what? Where it was a wide circumference around our our city not allowed to get close to the area where it's the strongest where the darkness is the heaviest and over time as i kept praying he would bring me closer and closer and one time he had me stop at this corner and i was so puzzled if anybody ever sees me running over my city i'm sure they're wondering what is that little weirdo doing because i was standing there i'm like lord why am i here like i'm at the corner of a tire store and like a gas station And then all of a sudden, you just kind of get this, wait a minute, I think this street is familiar. And sure enough, he had me right in front of a witchcraft store. And I Mm. went, ah, okay, Lord, like, you're bringing me here. How do you want me to pray? Um, But you see those things that it's a leap of faith. I encourage anyone who's like feeling hesitant or doubting. That is probably the enemy trying to keep you from doing what God is calling you to do. But when you take those leaps of faith and just say, okay, God, I trust you. What are you trying to tell me here? Then he'll, he'll reward that. And immediately you see, oh, you're, you want me to pray over this witchcraft store. And I would just say it's also when he brings you to that, there's a feeling of safety of I'm not seeking out dark places. I am just listening to our father so that if he brings you there there's a there's a feeling of peace of he's going to protect me while i'm praying over this really dark area um Mm. and so those have been those moments where you're like okay god you're going to guide my steps this is for you you tell me where you want me to go you tell me how you want me to pray and then if i see nothing if i don't know where i'm going i'm just going to trust that i was obedient and and be at peace with honoring what I feel you're asking me to to do today. Mm, That's really good, Megan. Um, I love, there's kind of a tip and trick there too. And I think that corresponds with a lot of the prayer tools that we've learned also. It's just like, it's, it's almost like something you're already doing and inviting God into it and then seeing how he expands even the exercise of running. Um, and partnering in that. And I think that I've found that to be really true as well. It's like, I'm already going to the coffee shop. You know, what do you have for me there? Um, and it's just sort of a partnership with God and in the life that we're already living. And then he will direct our steps. Thank you so much for that. That's, that's incredible. Well, we're going to transition um, to Aaron, um, also in Southern California. And, you know, similar question, kind of, you know, tell us a little bit of how you got started and then you know, what has the impact been over time? And maybe what's like this sweet little nugget, this thing that happened that was like, wow, that was so cool. Um, so Aaron, help us get to know you a little bit. Okay. Hello. Thank you for having me. So yes, I'm Aaron, and I um, am a cohort graduate um, and a practitioner um, in my area. And so um I would say similar to Megan, actually. It's about been about two and a half years, um, and I feel like I'm just getting started. So um, my um, commitment uh, uh, is to be in this for the long haul. I'm a slow learner, so <laughs> two and a half years, I feel like I'm just getting started. And um, the Lord was gracious enough immediately, as soon as, as we were being equipped with this in the cohort, it was so obvious that my neighborhood um my specifically the streets i live on um 
where my patch and so <clears throat> the um the ability to be a caretaker of the land that kind of stuck with me that idea um i've really taken that as my mantle i'm i am exercising my priestly authority here but i am i am caretaking this land um and um laboring um on on behalf of um everyone that lives in my neighborhood and and um, everyone that walks on this ground and so I, I feel like it's an honor um, to practice this and, and experiment um, in my neighborhood and so specifically <clears throat> some impact that I've seen over time um, I got to give a little bit of explanation one street away is the um, elementary school where my all, I have three um, kids that attend there and so that's part of my neighborhood um, and that's really where my prayer walking started. I was already a part of um, the Moms in Prayer group. And so I, I quickly, <laughs> as soon as I um, was equipped with this tool, I quickly transitioned that group um, to add to our tool bag, um, specifically um, prayer walking um, over mm. the, the territory of the school. And um, getting to equip others has been a part of my journey, both through other moms and prayer groups and actually through the church I attend. So that's kind of a side note. Uh, that is something cool God's been doing. But as we're walking around the school, which is, again, one street away from I live very close, we were, we were drawn to some other connected areas to the school there is a park across the street from the school and and the lord really brought our heart and our attention to there we we kind of expanded our prayer walking there and we actually would start our prayer walking at um the church on the corner so it's a cor there there's a corner there's a church a school and a park and the lord was kind of highlighting that for us and revealed as we were praying there um, and this is all mind you part of literally my street where i live as well um, it's the first school in the city the founding church in the city and the first park. So wow. we, we were given some insight to like, there's a gateway here. There's some type of gateway to the city. There's, we felt like there was a spiritual connection between the school and then over to this park. you know, like God was kind of expanding our understanding of um, what was connected in the spiritual realm um, and how, as we prayed over um, strongholds that may be present at the school, we were really expanding that to strongholds that may be present in this area of the city and in my neighborhood. And so, um, I, we're still um, we're still practicing and experimenting and, and pushing into that. And um, the Lord reveals things to us. We pray into it, and we're still um, seeking um, clarity and, and movement there. Hmm. Um, but one specific outcome that I have seen personally as a result of that prayer is that during um, the past year, the church, um, I was actually contacted by an organization and I connected them with this church that's on the corner that now um, does a, a food distribution every other week because the area we live in, there are a lot, there are um, there is a lot of need, especially since COVID hit. And so now I'm, um, I was able to be involved in this and get neighbors involved. So now I'm serving with other neighbors. They're not all, well, none of them are Christian, but they're coming to serve at this church who's opened up their parking lot to provide the availability for this um, food distribution. The wow. school became aware of it and is now um, 
informing school families every other week that this is available and so we're serving school families that come through and we're serving neighbors that come through that are need and i'm serving with other neighbors who aren't christians yet and it's just kind of like feels like the lord is really opening up something significant there mm. um it's like in the neighborhood um there's been this um this opening and this availability to have relationship with other neighbors and serving with other neighbors and it's like this little glimpse of what god's kingdom um can be like so that feels like a something the, the way those connections happened it felt really significant that wait this is the place we started praying from and now we're serving families at the school we were praying for wow. and my own neighbors are doing it so um the lord's doing something there and i uh, know that he'll continue to um and i would say one more little side note of, of just a little event that has been um cool during well during prayer walking is that this place that i've been praying over for two and a half years um about two months ago i was contacted by someone from a different ministry that this is a ministry that works with the youth in the city and they said hey we're going to prayer walk the park will you join us and i'm like what other people are doing this in the same spot i'm doing this at this park you know which to them that park had just really stood out to them for the youth and so it was like okay you know i still don't i still don't know everything the lord's doing um in this area but i know he's doing something and i'm part of it um and so that's been encouraging i love that Aaron, thank you. Yeah, I mean, this is in San Clemente. I, I know we didn't say her city, but I think it's just amazing. I've, I had the chance to be there to see Aaron's neighborhood and, you know, city. And, you know, a couple of things stand out to me from Megan and Aaron's stories and testimonies is, one, I, I hear ownership. Like, this is our city. This is where I live. Um, this is where my kids go to school. This is the city I run in. You know, like there's there's ownership behind that. And then two, I I think Megan has really pushed us into this whole spiritual dimension of there. There's actually spiritual strongholds, right? Like we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but it says principalities and powers. And at the same time, I think Aaron's reminding us, hey, this is a natural day to day walk. It's in our day to day life where we're on the ground. Our kids go to school. And it, in in prayer, activating prayer, if you remember from Sam's book, To the Ends of the Earth, activating prayer, one of the components of movement is engaging culture. And so through activating prayer, something has happened where prayer has actually came into a place of relationship with people far from God and meeting needs with the gospel indeed. And I think it's just beautiful seeing the components of what you guys have brought to us. So thank you very much. Um, and maybe for you, like what's ownership look like in your community, in your city, um, in your region? And, you know, something practical of how you run or are we inviting God into our day-to-day interactions with him? in the mundane to make those sacred and holy spaces with them. Hey, I want to move on to um, actually another practitioner. His name is Jacob. Um, He really is a prayer walking practitioner. Um, Right now he's stateside, but he's done prayer walking stateside and internationally. And so I can't wait. We're going to ask him, you know, the same questions that we've asked these two other practitioners. But Jacob, thanks for being with us, man. Would love to hear some of the stories of what you've learned in your practitioner journey of prayer walking. Yeah, great to be here with you. Yeah, I really encouraged by the stories thus far, and, and just yeah, I do want to echo that point. It has grown intimacy with the Lord over time, and hearing His voice, and stepping in obedience. And, and He does have those wow moments of how He affirms and what He's speaking beforehand, and, and then seeing these realities play out over time. And 
So a couple snapshots from continual prayer in, in one area in the Pacific Northwest when I was there for a few months um, was really seeing God move in the city and a lot of the darkness, addressing some of those strongholds and things that I was even unaware of before moving there. And one of the things God really brought up was going after a spirit of suicide. And as we began to pray in it with this small group and, and local team that I kind of came alongside, which was another divine thing that God just orchestrated of people who are like-minded, who hadn't even done this type of prayer before, but were open to do it. So we stepped in and actually went to a bridge one time. Some of you might have heard parts of this story and worshiped and prayed and took communion over this really dark place that apparently it had five suicides on average a month. And after that time, we felt things shift for us internally as far as the weight of the area and what, what we felt like it was carrying. But God was gracious in, in showing fruit of that a few days later when we heard a story from someone else that apparently a guy had gone to the bridge, was about to commit suicide, and then encountered God. And now he wanted a Bible to, to go to church. And we're like, how did that happen? We don't know fully the fullness, but God, thank you for saving him. And thank you for showing us some of that fruit and and so that was wow. a really a, a beginning, uh, I think, for them and for me to just see that things really do shift, and, and they can shift very quickly. And sometimes we might not see it right away, but that was encouraging. And in that same city, you know, it was another thing to address. One time in the downtown area, we would try and go downtown once a week, not just necessarily to prayer walk, but like you mentioned, Stephen, engaging in culture. How do we? What are their needs? How do we pray for them? How do we engage in spiritual conversations? And but one of the times. We were alerted like through the news that there was someone standing on a ledge outside of their building, I think 10 or 12 stories up, um, ready to jump. And so one of my you know, guys that I was walking with, that, uh, you know, he was like, I'm going to pray. And I said, I'll, I'll be there. And so literally he and I stood there for three hours praying, interceding, just trying to take authority and coming against us because we knew it was a spiritual battle. God had already highlighted our eyes to the, the spirit of suicide. I mean, he grew up in the area. But what we had seen on the bridge, we know, okay, we're, we're supposed to stand in the gap, like take authority, um, and continue to contend. And it wasn't necessarily easy. I mean, the, envi the environment wasn't uh, you know, lucrative for it. I mean, one, the weather, right? You know, it was pretty cold. You know, so we're all bundled up. We're standing out there. It's dark. And you've got people coming by not knowing what you're doing. And they're, think, and, and they're just shouting things at you. Oh, you're sick. Why are you watching? And it's like, no, like, God, you want us to pray. We're not going to get distracted. We're going to keep interceding, praying. Show us how to pray, what to declare, um, what to speak. And, and that was a long time. I mean, to stand there three hours, you don't know how long you're going to be there. And praise God, three hours later, he got back in and they were able to, to, to get him because uh, they didn't want to rush him. The police were close. They didn't want to force him to jump. Mm. So that was wow. just a very, very another vivid moment of, of God at work. And in that downtown area, it was very interesting because there was parts of the streets, different bars, different places, and, and pockets, right, the way the cultures are. And, and we know the enemy is very territorial, right? And, um, and so there was an area of downtown that was even more so just drug-infested and a lot of debauchery on the street. I mean, we were walking through there, and, and we saw brawls breaking out. Um, and like the, the so the drinking was not just inside, but stuff was happening in the middle of the street and on the sidewalks there. And it was interesting because we we would pray through there and walk, and we would try to talk to people from time to time. And one time, um, you know, I've just got got a creative heart too. And this is what's beautiful is that God uses our wirings and creativities. And so I was talking with someone there, and the guy liked to 
um, rap. And so I said, oh, I'll beatbox for you. So I had a beatboxing background. I was like, you, you give a little rap. And, and, and this guy was drawn closer to Jesus. So he had, he had some, some good points in there. It was a good rap. And then he goes, do you? Do you? And I go, yeah, sure. So I, I gave a little freestyle spoken word. And really just like God just came through and just started, it was essentially releasing the gospel and truth over that street, over that place, declaring it in a spoken word, just like off the top. Like it was Holy Spirit led. Like it's like God, this is definitely you. And it was interesting because there was mocking going on behind. There was all you, you can feel the tension. And it's like, no, I'm I'm gonna be light and salt. I'm not gonna turn endure when persecuted, bless when cursed. And the next week, we go to walk through that same street, and it was completely empty. And we had never seen it like that before. No one was on the street. There was no drinking going outside. There were some people in the bars, but it was not to the level of what it had ever been. And it stayed that way. The rest of the time I lived in that area, it completely shifted. It was like, all right, God, you just did some, some cleanup. Now show us how to continue to plant. And over time, we were seeing just increased physical healings for people on the street in downtown. Um, and people opened to spiritual conversation. So it's interesting over time what, what God was doing. And then one international story real quick. Um, of just kind of those one of my favorite events. I'll never forget this. And in, in praying in a location where there's a lot of um, unreached people, we were in a place on a mountaintop and really just trying to take authority in high places and see where those places of power are and, and really cover the land. And we noticed there was some more land worship and, and idolatry going on, like very visible and that's not always visible here stateside but it can be um but it was this was internationally and so i was just learning in priestly prayer to take authority of things given to you and over land and space and so i had been given a gift and we wanted to take a picture on this tree they called the friends tree that had a carving so i'm like okay let's let's take a picture so i'm starting to take authority over this gift they'd given me and i said i applied the blood of jesus i mean there's power in the blood like it disarms all power so uh, I'm going to apply that spiritually over this gift and this place. And I said, anything not of Jesus, you need to leave this place. Um, I command you to go and I invite the kingdom of God here in Jesus' name. And as soon as I did that, the tree that they started climbing on, it didn't actually break. It fully uprooted out of the ground, roots and all. And everyone went flying that was climbing on it. And I'm like, God, what just happened right now? Because I'm like, this is at the exact moment. No one else knows I'm praying like this, but this was, there's no coincidence. And what I felt the Holy Spirit say to me in the inner voice is, my son, I'm uprooting old things that have been planted here so my kingdom can be planted. And so for me, that was just such a major event and representation physically of what God was doing in the spiritual realms and the heavenly places and how it really affects it. And, and it's just an affirmation of pray bold prayers, ask how to pray, and trust that when we pray, things shift. So just wanted to share that again. Wow. Thank you so much, Jacob. That is powerful. Um, really cool. And it'd be interesting to see what the fruit of that was to those people that were in the tree that just got tossed. <laughs> um, I just want to intro Peter uh, now who uh, took, took, I actually got to hear Peter on one of our calls and it was uh, just an incredible talk. Um, Peter, same questions to you. What mm-hmm. uh, What's your favorite event that's happened? Mm-hmm. What have you seen over time in, in, in your longer journey, um, prayer walking over places? Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So I've been doing this for 20 years, guys. How about that, huh? Starting with my local neighborhood, just walking around because I started a church and I said, hey, you know what? I think I'll just start praying for people in the neighborhood. 
And that was my beginning. I actually was involved in a what we would call a Jesus parade in our town of Folsom, literally. Where we and this was probably about 25 years ago. There was a lot of people. We had music. We were singing songs, and we were just making declarations over the city itself. How about that? So that was kind of my introduction to it. And then over time, of course, I would go to what we would describe as the high places in the city, overlooking the Sacramento region and then over the area of Folsom itself. And I would do that not only by myself, but with other individuals, with teams of people. And it is, uh, you know, it's really as simple as understanding, uh, as the scripture says, that the Lord is, his eyes are roaming across the earth looking for somebody who, in a sense, can I paraphrase this, wants to pay attention to him and what he has to say to his creation. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's not that complicated. And so that was our posture. We would go before the Lord and say, what do you see? Um, we want to hear from you. And so we would pray uh, in our local city, both on high places as well as we would go to, to uh, in a sense, the four corners of the city. We would literally go to those places where there would be entries into the city, and we would ask for angels to be stationed there and things of that sort. Um, it's just a lot of fun doing it with other people. And uh, because the Lord speaks to individuals differently, and so they're, they're complementary, and uh, it's a rich experience. So I would encourage anybody who's either just starting to do this to try to find somebody else and start walking the streets. One other thought would be that every city has a soul. And what I mean by that is the soul is represented by the character, the nature of the people and the activities that are taking place in that city. So just even with your visible eyes, you can get a portrait, if you will, of the of the character, the personality of a city. That could be good, bad. Um, and then, uh, and so you can pray into just what you see, but then you can start asking the Lord, but what do you want to do here? Who are the people you want to touch? What are the, what are the places where you want to inhabit? And you go to those places and you start praying and you listen to the Lord and you make declarations and you invite heaven down. Uh, you utilize the Lord's prayer, you know, your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. And so that that's a lot of fun. Uh, I could give you, you know, testimony of different types of experiences, but one of my favorites, Stephen, since you asked, is being a part of a group, being a part of a group uh, with a Novo team. And uh, we chose a city in particular, Berlin. Now, keep in mind, I'm in California. And so for three months, we had people, uh, about eight of us from different parts of the world, and we just started praying about Berlin. We had a staff person there in Berlin uh, who was coordinating this, but we started asking the Lord, Lord, what do you want to do in Berlin? Now, I had never been there before. Um, and so after a couple of months, several of us got very key points. I'm talking about geographical locations within Berlin where the Lord was saying, I want you to go there and I want you to pray and I'm going to show you what I'm going to do. And so that's all in faith, brothers. That's, uh, you know, you, you hear these things, but when people on your team uh, can confirm that because it said, you know, I got a picture of that as well. And in, and in my case, it was a picture of the Brandenburg Gate, a very, fam a very famous, very iconic structure in Berlin. Um, and another lady on the on the team said, yeah, you know what, I, I was getting these ideas about the Brandenburg Gate too. So 
When we go over there, and this was about six months later when we started what we call this prayer experiment, when we arrived in Berlin, guess where we went? You, <laughs> well, we went to a lot of places and we went to some parks, but we went to the Brandenburg Gate. And uh, before we had gotten there, a couple months before, the Lord had told me that there were angels specifically waiting for us. And uh, so uh, we arrived at the Brandenburg Gate with the uh, team leader there in Berlin. There was three of us underneath the Brandenburg Gate. And uh, sure enough, the Lord revealed to him the purpose for those angels were to be evangelistic. And that he was supposed to, in a, spend, in a sense, uh, commission them to go out into the land and begin the harvest in the Berlin area. Well, within 20 minutes, within 20 minutes after that, a young guy comes up to us who's a young Berliner, and he starts asking us questions. He's with the media, and he asks this uh, kind of uh, interesting question. He said, so who do you prefer, the Beatles or the Rolling Stones? And <laughs> and so I grew up with both of those groups, but this guy was in his 30s. I thought it was an interesting question. We answered his question, and then the Holy Spirit gave me a question for him. His name was Martin. And uh, so I said, Martin, who do you prefer, Jesus or Moses? And he was taken back by that. He said, well, I've heard of Jesus, but I, I don't know who this Moses guy is that you've talked about, believe it or not. He had no understanding whatsoever of one of the iconic Old Testament figures. Well, we started sharing Jesus with him, and he was uh, he was very, very intrigued. Now, now, get a load of this. Eric, the team leader, said he's never had a prolonged conversation with a Berliner like that ever in his four years. And that was confirmation that uh, the Lord was stirring um, people in Berlin. And then one week later, one week later, Sure enough, a European group, a music group, a worship team came into town in that very Brandenburg area and set up shop and did worship music and evangelism right there. And uh, so that is, you know, that that's one of the greatest times that I've ever had in just listening to the Lord, taking steps of obedience, not knowing what's going to take place. And bingo, he shows up, he validates it. And uh, we're off to the races, so to speak, in terms of the kingdom of God being advanced. How about that? Man, thanks, Peter. I've gotten the, the joy of actually walking with Peter. And, uh, oh, man, these stories are incredible from all of you. Uh, I wish you could see our screen just looking at each other, having this conversation. And But, yeah, we, we wanted to strip it back a little, too. You know, all of these practitioners could share so many different testimonies. Um, <laughs> I think one thing I'm wondering right now, and I, I want to go back to Megan. Actually, for for some of our court attendees, this word stronghold, right? It could sound like, whoa, that's huge. And how do you know there's a stronghold? What what do you even do with that, right? Like, maybe that was me in my journey where I was like, oh, I don't even know like where to start with that, right? So, I mean, any advice there for people listening? And obviously, it's been a long journey for you, Megan, but what what might be a starting point for those hearing this today and be like, I don't even know if there is, there are strongholds in my, my neighborhood, my region, you know, my state. So any, any advice on that? Yeah, um, <laughs> because that would be a totally separate podcast that we could do of the mistakes that I have made <laughs> and what happens when you... Uh, make mistakes and and pray from 
your heart, maybe not what God is telling you to pray. Um, meaning mm. I got a little too big for my britches at some points. Um, I did you, you pulled a hammy while you were running. Oh, I, I pulled. And pulled. <laughs> yes. Let's say that. Um, I didn't, I, I think when it's a stronghold, what I, what you guys may sense as you practice this is something very dark and it may not be a stronghold. He, the Lord may be showing you, um, just a business that's, or whatever it may be a home. But, um, for me it was, it's the second tallest building in, in the Silicon Valley. And from about a half a mile away, it felt awful and terrifying and honestly evil. And I remember looking at it going, I have no idea what that is, but it is bad. That was all I understood it to be. And then here is, here is the most important advice I could give is to one, talk to the Lord. (laughs) What do I do? And two, um, this is, I'm so thankful to Novo. Talk to somebody else, ask for Mm. somebody else who has been down this road or has more experience. So I knew someone, um, who God had placed in my life. He's my spiritual father. Uh, and I knew he had more experience and I said, Hey, can you go check this out? Like, I I feel really bad about it. And I don't know if I'm nuts, but can you go check it out and tell me what you're feeling? And, uh, he had the, he has the gift of discernment and he went there and he's like, Oh yeah, that is not good. And so the two of us started praying and just asking God, what, how did he want us to pray? And then over time, as God would reveal things, we actually brought in another Novo (laughs) expert who has more gifting and is able to see in the spirit and had him come and look at the land and tell us, we said, what are you seeing? And that really helped us to understand what was going on. But really it comes down to pray with somebody else when it's that big, when it's that dark, getting someone to pray alongside is so important. Even covering you while you're praying is really important because it's, um, of course God protects us, but sometimes like I've made mistakes. Sometimes I've gone honestly too close to the location and did God protect me? Absolutely. But was there some kickback? Honestly? Yeah. And that was, that was part of the learning. Um, but now when I go out and I prayer run, especially because God has me so close, I do not go on that ground. It's the, the um, agreement I have with the Lord. I do not set foot on there unless I have two people who have said to me, confirmed in text, I'm covering you in prayer. And mm. that is the signal. If they are not covering me, then I, that's God saying, you're not going on that ground today. We're going to just have you pray somewhere else. Um, but obeying, like being obedient in that is super important because God knows what's going to happen that day. He knows like what's on the land and what permissions the enemy has. And I may, I don't have that information outside of just hearing him and trusting him. So that, that trusting and honoring what you feel God speaking to you is super important. Yeah. Well, and I think it's I think it's so important to you brought us back to community and the need of the body of Christ, right? Like to each of us has a different a different gift, right? How can this hand say the foot I have no need of you? It's it's that whole dynamic of of trusting one another and submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. 
Um, you know, and I and I also, I mean, in my own prayer walking journey, I, you know, I remember reading in Acts about the sons of Sceva and being like, well, Lord, I don't want that. I don't want that story, right? Like, I don't want to say your name. And, you know, they, they had a bad result, right, of what happened. You can go back in Acts and read that. But I, I think you and Jacob and Aaron and Peter have brought us back to this place of it's all about intimacy with God. Right, Jesus said, "I only do what I see the Father doing." Right, so we're we're coming to a posture of obedience, of listening and submission to what what is the assignment that He has given me. And I think you've brought us back to that, Lord. What is my assignment? Is it San Jose as a city? Is it the region? Is it the state? Or is it my neighborhood? And trusting that that's enough because God gave me that assignment. And uh, and so thank you for that, Megan. I think it's so helpful to hear that. Tim, any any other questions that pop out for you for some of the participants? Yeah, I uh, I think maybe it, if we can get a couple answers to this, I just say when you when you're prayer walking, and I've I've found this to be true in, in my life as well. You know, something happens when you start to ask God to show and reveal things to you and to change things. So, in that area of expectation. Um, I'm curious, like Aaron, maybe, maybe help us out when you walk and you're not prayer walking, you're just walking around your neighborhood. What do you expect to see? And, and how does that, how does that just change how you interact? You talked a lot about, um, honoring the neighborhood. It feels like that. So what is living in that place that you've been honoring feel like now? And how does, how do you, how does that change your expectation? Um, <clears throat> I think that the number one word that jumps to my head is um, responsibility. I feel like I walk around with a sense of responsibility, but not responsibility from a position of power as much as a responsibility from a position of love. I just am like, I love this place so much. I just, the more I prayer walk it, I just, the Lord has, um, has just, deepened the sense of love I have for it. It's, it's for the physical space only because I know the people that inhabit it. (laughs) You know, I know, um, community members and neighbors and school kids that inhabit it. And so I think, um, the, um, sense I have as I walk around my streets, as I go and pick up my kids from school, as I'm at, as my kids are playing at that park is I have this significant sense of responsibility. And anytime that I see anything that's amiss, for example, um, graffiti, it's common that there's graffiti at the park. I'm like, Oh, Oh, I got this. No worries. Like that's a a creative exercise in prayer. I do with the Lord a lot is I'm like, okay, Lord, like let's repaint this graffiti. Like, what do you want it to say? What do you have to speak over this place? You know, let's do it. There was actually a, um, a couple months back, there was actually a police shooting in our city. And it was like, oh, you know, there, there was some unrest. There was some concerns from all its ranges. And it was like, oh, Lord, you've got you. you there, there were other people from the cohort. We went to pray and it was like, oh, the Lord's like, you guys have taken responsibility in this city. You're going to go to this place and you're going to bring the kingdom of God here. Like that. So I, I didn't go out and look for that. But um, but this deep sense now of not when I'm. I'm not always out. I don't always prayer walk when I'm out there, you know, um, but just when I'm out there in general, that, that sense of 
of responsibility in a loving way for all the people and all the land um, has grown for me. Wow. It, it, thank you so much. <laughs> I got emotional listening to that. Um, so thank you so much for sharing. Yeah, it's such a, it's, it's so unique. Um, I guess a similar question for Jacob, um, in different contexts that maybe aren't even your home, like when you're kind of out and ministering in, in places that aren't my like home patch, what is that? Like, can you talk a little bit about expectation in those places as you pray, um, in areas where your ownership maybe is, is different, um, than around your immediate home? Yeah. I mean, for me, I, I believe, you know, we're priests and sons wherever we go. Right, so our position in Christ doesn't change, and and Jesus said, you know, I've been given all authority, and that authority I give to you. So for me, it's always a question of the wisdom of how do I exercise that authority wherever I am, and how how God is asking me. To. So it really does come back to that, God, how are you building, and, and what are you calling me to be attentive to? So really asking for wisdom, and you're in a place. And so a posture I try and take just in all of life, but especially in prayer walking, is rest, trust, then discern. So the posture of resting in that sonship and and being a son or a daughter of God and knowing that you're loved, trusting Him in His unfailing love that He'll he'll provide even when you don't have understanding. And then the discernment is going to come, that He's going to bring clearly what's going on, what He wants to reveal to us, and then that discernment of what we're supposed to do about it. Um, and again, I think we've heard before, the goal is always love. So if I'm not operating out of love in a place, I mean, the love is coupled with truth and, and with power, right, to be demonstrated. But those are lenses that I try to look through and operate. And, and then still believing, even if I'm not living in a place, I'm there. And it's not, I'm not just going necessarily anywhere, but going for what God may be calling me to do. So there is, I think even when you're not living in a place, God giving authority or having you do things from time to time, or you might frequent certain places, more often than others, um, but it really just does come back to that intimacy and abiding because he's prepared good fruit for us wherever we go. Wow, that's great. Um, I had the pleasure of listening to you, Peter, uh, as a participant in the room, um, and there was one thing that you said, and it may have just flown right off your tongue just in the moment, but to me it, it felt like a really anointed um, phrase. And I'm, you know, if it was just uh, <laughs> off the cuff, um, I was hoping you could recreate recreate it for our listeners today. But I think it was kind of basically saying, like, if, if you want to partner with God, you have to first let him shape your heart. And then you led through this progression um, as to how he works within us as individuals. Mm-hmm. Would you mind if, if would you mind sharing that again, if that uh, yeah, is enough sure. of a Thank lead you in for the question? Yeah. Yeah, there's a little booklet called My Heart, Christ's Home, which was put together uh, by Dr. Uh, Robert Munger um, out of uh, Palo Alto, one of my professors at Fuller Seminary. It's a little booklet, still around. I recommend it to anybody. And the idea is if you want to start to learn how to ask God to start, in a sense, cleaning up the spaces, um, start with your own heart. Ask, Invite him in and let him walk with you through your own life. Mm. Um, I presume, uh, Tim, that's what you were referring to. Start there. And uh, so, you know, David says, uh, Create in me what? A clean heart, O God, and uh, and renew a right spirit within me. Uh, He says, uh, God desires truth in the inward being. 
And uh, so, you know, it's fun to go outside, but let him start with you. Create clean vessels. Then uh, think about your marriage mm. and your home and your kids. I mean, you can prayer walk your house, believe it or not. You, you can, if you have a yard, you can prayer walk that. And, and uh, you know, one of the things that uh, I was, uh, I do ask for angels specifically to guard our house and, and surround it. And uh, one of the individuals that uh, Megan was referring to, uh, one, uh, a Novo a staff person who does see in the invisible realm, did come to visit my house. And he said, this place is surrounded by angels. That wasn't by accident. That was by uh, a, a deliberate act on my part to invite such beings uh, into the home, and then you can, and then you can just start walking your streets. Um, and so, those of you out there who who go on jogs or walks, start thinking about Lord, what what do you want to do here in my neighborhood? Help me, a Holy Spirit, lead me now in prayer for the person who uh, is next to me uh, for. The, the, in my case, the, the two ladies who are living together, just two doors down. Um, you know, he, listen, folks, he knows everything about everybody, past, present, and future. There's nothing that's hidden from him. And it is his delight to share a few things with you uh, about what he wants to bring his kingdom to in your area. And uh, so um, make it a practice. Uh, just start really simple. Uh, so, Tim, I hope I'm addressing your question in terms of what, what you're referring to. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I like the um, that it starts with you um, with intimacy, and then it mm-hmm. and then it expands outwards into those places mm-hmm. where we have influence. You know, our marriage, our family, our friend group, our mm-hmm. work, and then it gets bigger. Mm-hmm. And bigger and bigger and kind of mm-hmm. snowballs out. And so I think that, and, and maybe a follow up question uh, would just be when people who maybe haven't done this before hear these big stories um, mm-hmm. uh, trees uprooting and, um, you know, uh, the cities changing and graffiti getting scrubbed off and all of this stuff. And it sounds like that's. That's for mm-hmm. more advanced people or people that have been doing this, you know, for a long time. There's no way I'll ever, you know, and you let that dissuade you from like just taking the first step. How do you encourage someone to get going just to just to start? Yeah, it's an excellent question. Can I, and I can recall my own first baby steps. Remember that movie, uh, What About Bob? Baby Steps, That's right. Bob? <laughs> <laughs> you start with baby steps. And, and uh, you know, having a coach really matters. Having somebody. So uh, what you folks are doing here right now uh, are just outstanding and encouraging people. But start, as I said, start with your own home, start with just your own neighborhood, start walking and asking the Holy Spirit, what do you see? What am I supposed to be praying about? It is just, it is a whole lot do, uh, easier, folks out there, when you do it with somebody else. Try to find somebody else. And if you can find a coach uh, to coach you along, um, all the better. I love that. Yeah, you know, I, I think all of these stories and, and questions are helping me to understand just like taking next steps, starting somewhere taking ownership and coming back to the place of intimacy with the Lord of, Lord, what is my assignment? What are you saying to me? And would you help me in taking steps forward in that? And it really is from that place of rest. 
It's it's from our identity as being sons and daughters, priest of the living God. I, I couldn't help but think of this quote from Karl Barth. If you know him, you know him. But he says, keep the Bible in one hand and the newspaper in the other. And I just thought, oh my goodness, I think he hit it square on the head is that we're coming in from a lens of we know what God is saying to us, but we're engaging in the culture. We're engaging in the supernatural that touches people's lives, not only supernaturally, but naturally. And we need to know what's happening, right? Like Aaron even told us about a police shooting and, and Jacob other in other nations and, and Megan and her community and Peter and his community. We, we need to know what's happening and what does it mean to be a royal priest, What's it mean to be a son in God here? And, and so I just want to leave us with that thought of knowing what God's doing around us, knowing what God's doing in us, and being obedient to the things of the Lord and reclaiming the territory that God calls it his own. He calls our cities his own. And so we want to bless you guys today with this podcast. Thanks for being with us. Um, thanks for listening to some of these testimonies. And we want to encourage you this month of moving forward as we go into For the Sake of the City. This is leading right into that of, Lord, you've given us these cities. You've placed us here. Let us be a light to the nations, salt to the earth, and a light to the world. And so we bless you guys today in Jesus' name. Amen. If you have an encouraging story, we would love to hear it. Email us at cohort.stories at novo.org.